So, Sean, come and read God's word. Thank you. Um, Okay, today's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. This is the word of the Lord. That's great. That's all there is? Okay. Thank you. So, um, a little bit of a confession. When I was a, a kid growing up, I, I didn't read much. Anyone like that? How many of you were voracious readers as kids? Okay, how many of you not so much? Yeah, I didn't read a whole lot. I don't think I actually read a full book until much later. Um, but I just, I had things I wanted to do. What I wanted to, uh, I wanted to play in the NHL. And, uh, I mean, that was my dream. It was never going to happen, but it was my dream. And, uh, you know, reading, reading really got in the way of my career as a professional hockey player. So I didn't read a lot. But there was a book. There was a book. Actually, it was a series of books that I, I really liked and that really engaged me. And I don't know if they're still in print. I think they made a bit of a comeback. I, I don't know. This was the 70s. But it was Choose Your Own Adventure. Sound familiar? Am I? Okay, I'm not dating myself here too much. Choose Your Own Adventure. And uh, if you don't know about these books, they're written in the second person. Or from the second person perspective, uh, they put you, the reader, in the role of the uh, protagonist. And you're put into some hostile setting, and the goal is you just got to escape with your life. That's the kind of the, the, uh, the deal. Now, along the way, you're asked uh, to choose. Uh, sometimes you're asked to choose to go back, you know, go to page four. Uh, if you want to go ahead, you have to choose to go to page five. And, and the hope, again, is that you're going to get out of this situation. You're going to get out of this terrible setting with your life, uh, or you're not. And you're going to meet some terrible monster who's going to eat you. Uh, or you're going to be thrown into a ditch and die. It was the 70s. So we wrote books like this. You know, the thing is, I, I didn't know this then, but I think I understand it better now. The thing that, that really intrigued me, even as a, a budding NHL star, was that uh, I just I found myself drawn into a story that was bigger than my own story. And I think we want that. Don't we want that? Don't we want to be part of a story that is, is bigger than our own story? I, I mean, at least it's, it's big enough to take our stories into account. And, and, and they're, it's, it's big enough to give meaning to our stories and, and even redeem our stories. And I think we, we all want to be part of a story like that. Well, this morning, we're going to look at this story. And we're going to look at it by looking at a very short parable um, that Jesus spoke. Now, parables were a favorite of Jesus. They were teaching techniques. And they were little kind of quirky, short, earthy stories that Jesus would would talk about. Just like basic things, you know, run-of-the-mill things. But then he would just give you a spiritual truth about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God. Jesus says here that 
The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's really like a basic, everyday kind of thing. But there's a spiritual truth here about the kingdom of God. And this kingdom is, is unlike any kingdom. It's, it, there's no kingdom in this world like it. Never has been, never will. Because it's not from this world, actually. Jesus said in John chapter 18, verse 26, that my kingdom is not of this world. This kingdom comes from God, comes from heaven, into this world, into this earth, into the field, as we'll see. And it has the power, it has the power, hear this, to, to change lives because it changes hearts and it changes our relationship with God. This is the kingdom of God, this beautiful, loving, gracious kingdom. And this morning what we're going to do is we're just going to look at this parable together and we're going to see two things, that this kingdom began small, that's the first thing, and two, that it grows large. Pretty basic, pretty simple. But why? Why why are we looking at this this morning? And this will be helpful as as a as a recap. And for those of you who are joining us, uh for those of you who are exploring our church, we are as you can see like in the beginning stages of things in many ways. And we're trying to figure out what kind of church God wants us to be. It's not entirely clear yet. We're visioning um, and so we're looking in the Bible and we're looking at passages that have to do with growth and trees and plans. And we're trying to like figure out, like, what does it look like to be a church where people can come and, 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 and encounter Jesus Christ and then grow in their faith. And, and we're trying to figure this out. So that's what we're doing. And that's what we're doing here this morning as we look at this parable of the mustard seed. So first... The kingdom of God begins small. So a man, a man goes into his field. And he goes into his field to, to plant mustard, which is not unusual. Uh, lots of people in that day planted mustard. In fact, if you were to go to Israel, or so I'm told, you'll find mustard plants all over the place. So this is not unusual. But what's really strange about this story is that this man doesn't go and, and grab a whole bunch of mustard seeds and put them into a bag. He doesn't walk around his field and dig all kinds of holes and put the seeds in there. He doesn't scatter them and wipe them off his clothes. He, uh, he goes to his mustard pile and he, 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 uh, he plucks out one single mustard seed. Maybe probably smaller than a sesame seed. And he, uh, he puts the seed in the palm of his hand and he, he walks out into his field. And then he, he digs a little hole and then he, he, he pushes the seed from his warm hand into the ground and then he covers it and then he walks away. And it's really like the guy was never there. I mean, if you were to go there, you would probably just like walk right past it. You could stand on top of this thing and you would never be the wiser. You could completely miss it. And Jesus says the kingdom of God is like this. It begins that way. It's kind of funny, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's kind of quirky. It's kind of, well, pathetic looking. It's, it's, it's not significant. There's nothing impressive or sexy about this beginning of the kingdom. You could just miss it. And many did. Many did. You know, when Jesus was born, 
Uh, he was born in a town called Bethlehem, and, and all the religious leaders of the day missed him. He was born a few miles down the road, and they completely missed it. And not only was he born a few miles down the road, and they missed it, but he was born, hear this, in a barn. Because that was the only place they could find for him. And, uh, and for a, a crib, his dad probably, I guess, because mom had just given birth, cleaned out the animal trough, and that became the place where Jesus lay. And then he grew up in this place called Nazareth. Nazareth was like backwater. It was unsophisticated. People made jokes about Nazareth. How many of you make jokes about a certain... Do we as Canadians make jokes about certain places? Well, we won't get into that, but we, but, 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 but they did about Nazareth. In fact, there was a saying, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And this is where Jesus grew up. And then about 30 years of age, he starts his public ministry and he calls 12 men to follow him and be his disciples. And they are the strangest group of people. They're made up of fishermen. One's a tax collector. One's a a nationalist, a zealot. One is a, uh, a thief. And with these 12 men, he begins. He has this moment of popularity. There's no question about that. But eventually, you know, people realize that, you know, this, he's not really preaching or teaching about a kingdom that's going to get rid of Rome and change our circumstances. They hear Jesus start saying things like this, repent of your sins and believe the gospel of the kingdom. And over time, people begin to disassociate themselves with Jesus. And eventually, he gets himself arrested. And then he is beaten. And then he's crucified, which is actually not a very uncommon way to die back in that day if you were a slave or a discredited Roman soldier. There were all kinds of people who were crucified in that day. And he had no money. He had no mortgage. He had no savings. He had nothing to kind of put together. It was a, it was a generosity of some guy who actually paid for his funeral expenses. And they just put him in a cave. And everyone walked away. Just walked away. It was like business as usual. Life goes on as, as it was, as though nothing had actually happened. And Jesus says the kingdom of God is like this. It begins this way. I, um, I think it's amazing how easy it is to, to just miss things that don't stand out. <laughs> Isn't it? I, I've talked to you about my trees, right? Well, they're not my trees. They're on my road, but they're not mine, but they're on my road. And for 10 years, I would just like blow past these things on the way to wherever. And, uh, you know, about 10 years in, I just stopped my car one day and looked at these things that, you know, were so beautiful and, and the, the canopies were touching across the road and they were giving me oxygen to breathe. You know, not insignificant, but in some ways, I just, they didn't grab me until I just stopped. It's so easy. I think to miss things that just don't stand out. And the kingdom of God is like that. It began so small, so relatively insignificant. And many people, most people, missed it. I mean, come on. 
it, it kind of seemed a bit weak and feeble, didn't it, at the beginning? And it, it seemed to kind of flop and fail. <laughs> it did. But, you know, this is the way the kingdom of God works. Jesus came into this world, and he took to himself a human body like yours. Uh, there's, there's good evidence to suggest he wasn't a great-looking guy, kind of ordinary, nothing that anyone would be attracted to. And then he, he went out and he just preached this crazy message of God's love, this crazy message of come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I, I'll give you rest for your souls. And a love that took the form of a cross because the cross shows us that we have fallen so short from God's glory. And the cross shows us our need for Jesus to have relationship with God, a holy God. And he did that. And that's the way the kingdom of God is. And that's your story, friend, this morning. It is your story. You know, maybe you don't feel very significant. Um, Maybe you don't feel heard. Maybe you don't feel seen. Maybe you feel passed by and passed over and... Maybe you feel that's your story. I want you to think about this. There is a story that is so big that takes into account your story that actually redefines your story. And it's a story of love and a God who actually sees you, who notices you, who would come to this world for you and be planted in the earth for you because he loves you. And he wants relationship with you and the kind that never ends. And could you let that true story infuse and define the story where you find yourself? A story which says and says loudly, you're alone. And you deserve to be alone. The kingdom of God says, no, 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 no. The kingdom of God says, this may not seem very significant to the world, but it's the best thing going. And the truth is that God loved his world so much, you so much, that he gave his son, a son who was not recognized, who was mistreated, put on a cross for your sins. This is the true story, and it is your story. It's also our story. It's the story of Grace West. As I, lo- as I look at you this morning, and I, I don't want you to get this wrong. Please don't mishear me. There's something fairly unimpressive about you and me. I mean, there is. I mean, just look at you. <laughs> look at me. Uh, I not only didn't read very much in high school or in school growing up, I actually didn't like math either, but my math is good enough, I think, to know that there are probably more empty seats here than filled, right? And it's not even our building. We don't own a building. There's, 
something kind of unimpressive looking about us as we begin. But I think this. I think that we are at a time where so much can be so great, but I think there's a danger in this moment, and the danger is playing the comparison game. The danger is uh, of understanding our value as a church in terms of, of people and numbers and a building, and we forget the very basic message of the kingdom of God, which is that Jesus Christ came into this world to die for your sins, to make you children of God, and that's your value, and that's your identity. And friends, when, when we believe that, when that's getting into our hearts, you know, and not who's filling the pews, it will free us up to actually serve people and to love them and not to use them, but to move towards them and to treat them as humans just the way that Christ did for you. We're, in, we're at that moment. There's a bit of a danger here. But the kingdom of God is glorious. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. And there's so much to teach us right here in this moment. Here's the, here's the neat thing, too, about this parable is that that seed doesn't just sort of stay a seed. Do you notice that? I mean, seeds don't stay seeds for very long. If they're in the earth, they eventually begin to sprout and they send up a stem and then there are leaves and then branches also and and then birds come and uh it's just this this picture of growth and jesus says the kingdom of god is like that it starts small but it also grows and it grows large and that's what i want to look at briefly with you here as, as well this morning you'll notice that i called this sermon the parable of the I'm going to pretend to forget. What was it again? It's the parable of, what did I call it? All right, work with me. Mustard seed. Now, you know, I, I, I think it's okay title. I do. It's fine. But it's not exactly correct. Because this parable is about more than just a seed. It's about a tree. Did you notice that? The seed doesn't stay a tree. The seed grows into a tree. And a tree so large that, that birds can actually come and live in it and, and nest in it. It had to be big enough. It had to be. So Jesus says the kingdom of God is like this mustard seed. Probably a black mustard seed. In that day, I'm assuming it's the same as today. I might be wrong. But could grow to a height of 20 feet or so and spread out like a big plant, big tree. And, and birds, again, would come and, and, and nest in there. And he says, that's, that's the kingdom of God. Yes, it begins small, but it will grow, and it will grow large, large, huge. And here's the crazy thing that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ rose from the grave, and in the early days of the church, they saw explosive growth. And for the past 2,000 years, the kingdom of God has been advancing and people have been brought into relationship through faith in Jesus Christ. And now the gospel of the kingdom has gone into every country in the world, all 195 countries. I'm told, I tried to compare it, I think it's true. Today, 2.5 billion people identify as Christian. That's growth. I don't know how large this is going to grow. There's debate about that. How big will it get before Jesus comes back? I'm not going to settle that debate this morning. I simply want to show you that this kingdom is a kingdom that grows.
And this is your story. This is your story. How often do you get to read a document written 2,000 years ago that talks about you? But you're in this story. You're in this mustard tree. It's a tree that's been growing and a tree that's been growing by bringing people into faith uh, uh, in Jesus Christ. You're in the story. This is your story. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing that in our day that we find ourselves in this story, this big story. And I know that's not, that's not the message of our culture in our day. Postmodernism has long told us that there is no meta-narrative, that there's no grand narrative to this life. All we have are individual stories. There is no big picture. There is no great story that kind of connects all of our stories together. And we're living in a culture where people so, they feel so dislocated and so dislocated from the truth and the true story. But this is the true story. The true story is that you're right here in the story. You're right here. Do you see that? It is your story. It is also our story at Grace West. Let me tell you how. Over the, over the time that we have been a church, we have seen people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Even in the past few weeks and months, we have seen people move from not being in this tree to being in this tree. People who didn't profess faith in Christ are now profess, professing faith in Jesus Christ. That is awesome. That is glorious. The tree is growing. It is growing. It's growing. And you know what? Here at Grace West, we're, we're seeing changes here. Changes in the way that we think and we do ministry that are going to provide the structure, I believe, for future growth. They're not the growth per se, but they are going to facilitate that growth like a, like a lattice on a wall will provide structure for growth. You want what they are? I'll tell you. You're gonna, I'm going to tell you anyways. Here they are. God's given us a place to worship. It's warm, isn't it? It's getting warmer, but we have a place, and we don't just set up seats anymore. And, uh, and that's good. He's given us a place to meet and to grow. And you know what? I believe a day is going to come when that empty seat beside you is going to be filled with a person who is coming to know, is, is, is knowing Jesus Christ. That day is coming. We're going to trust God for that. Small groups. We have an incredibly high engagement of people in small groups. It would appear that you all love small groups. Small groups is the backbone here. It's how people connect to this community. It's how friendships are formed. You heard from Sean last week. You'll hear from Julia next week. Yes. And we're going to hear stories of, of how God has been working in our, in our small group ministry that Jeff Hines has been so ably leading and organizing. We have this amazing thing called small groups and, um, and we just became a church. We became a mission church not that long ago. And God willing, we're going to become a, uh, an independent church before too long. We have, Three good men who are training to become uh, rulers, pastors, in our leaders in our church, which we didn't have before. That's a big deal. 
Yes. Say yes. Yes. That's a big deal. We have, a, we have a women's advisory committee that is growing. It's going to be put in place so that we can hear the voices of everybody in our community. Jeff already mentioned this, uh, this morning. Uh, Jeff and I are going to be installed as pastors here at Grace West on the 25th. Yeah, I didn't hear enough of that when I was uh, hearing the announcement, you know. You could do worse. Not much, but you could do worse. So that's happening uh, on the on the 25th. Listen, what I'm saying is this, that we have been growing, the kingdom has been growing, the tree has been growing, and now we're putting in place the support structures that will facilitate kingdom growth. And I think we're just at a really cool time in our church's life. It's kind of new. It's It's kind of like a beginning. It's like we are resetting. It's exciting. Is it not exciting? Am I the I, am I the only person who's not excited about this moment? And I'm just I, I think we, we want to be a church that's just trusting God in this moment for next things and big things. And I would just say three things in close, just really three quick bullet point application points for you to think about. And it's this um, pray. Man, we, we do not want to be doing this on our own. This cannot be a work of men or women. It's got to be a work of God. We are praying for this tree to grow. We're praying for people to get into this tree and grow in this tree. It's got to be by prayer. What can that mean for you as you think about praying for our community? We want to pray. And you know what we want to do? People. We want to be about people. We want to see each other. We don't want to miss each other. I'm seeing in this room a number of people. And these are people who are important to God. And I'm just saying, let's be about people. <clears throat> let's, let's think about the person who's walked into our room today who has never walked into a room like this before. And let's just think about not always thinking about the people that we know. But let's think about being a church that is welcoming and inviting and says hello without overwhelming guests. (laughs) But let's be a church. I think we've got a good thing here. I think we've got an opportunity to to bring the gospel to bear on people's lives and, and to see them come from unbelief to belief and then to grow up in that. I think that is a wild opportunity. So we pray and we, and we thank people. And I think we have to be patient. You got to be patient when you're at this stage. I know there's been a lot of changes, maybe turnover and COVID's been hard. And there's a lot that's new here. And we are beginning to really develop a lot of our seed ministries. And uh, they will be something different in due time. But right now, we've got to be patient with each other. So we're praying. We're, 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 we're about people. And we're being patient right now in this moment as we continue to grow. And so I'm just going to ask you right now to join me and to give thanks to God and to give thanks that there's a mustard seed that was planted, that grew into a tree, that he's called you to be part of this tree. And we're going to pray that God would would actually bring people into this tree with us. And so join me with you as we pray. Father in heaven, uh, it is with deep, deep joy and gratitude 
that we praise you this morning that you came into this world and that seed was planted. That one single solitary seed. The kingdom of God. And Father, we thank you that it grew and it is growing even today. And many here in this room have been brought into that tree. And some haven't, Father, and we pray for them too this morning. We want so badly for them to know just the joy of what it means to be saved. The joy of what it means to have eternal life in Jesus Christ. And we want to thank you that they're here and they've been journeying and asking good questions. And we pray that you would continue to help them to journey and ask good questions. But at some point, Father, we pray that they will make that choice and step over that line from unbelief to belief and know you to be their personal God and Savior. We pray, Father, that you will help us be patient with each other. We pray, Father, that our focus would be outward, that we would see one another, that we would hear one another, that we would get to know one another's stories and how they fit into the grand narrative and the great story of the gospel. We pray, Father, that we would be a church of prayer. Lord, we don't want to grow uh, by our own strength. We want you to grow us. We want you to grow the lattice for which we thank you. And Father, we want you to grow your kingdom as that lattice helps to support growth. So, Lord, there's just so much to be thankful for, and we praise you for this beginning. Grow us and grow your kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.